0: Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us in Stevens Point in Appleton. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, Amen. You may be seated. I want to remind you again of our big celebration Sunday that's coming up. I think it's two weeks now. First weekend in November, November 1st, 1030. If you come to your regular campus, nobody will be there. All right, we're all meeting at the Widener Center here in Green Bay. Uh, It's when we close all our campuses and we all have one gigantic meeting where all the services, the guys in Point, Appleton, everybody, our Latino campus, We'll all be in one service, and it's going to be a blast. It's my favorite service of the year. It's a great opportunity to see how many people are actually being affected and by and are part of this church, and it's really, really a lot of fun. Also, it'll be uh, daylight savings time correction, right? That's Sunday, so <laughs> some of you will be an hour early. <laughs> Better than an hour late. <laughs> Russ and Naya Naw are proud to announce the arrival of Abriel May, born on the 13th. Six pounds, eight ounces. Give him a hand. (laughs) When I first read this, I thought, 13 pounds. No, born on the 13th. That's a a chunky monkey, man. Woof. We love children at Celebration Church, even though they eventually turn into older children. (laughs) Ha ha ha. uh, That's great. Speaking of older children, I want to remind you of our T1 program that we started this year. It is a transition program, Transition One. It's instead of just taking your kid and throwing them right out of high school into college, taking one year, slow down a little bit and focus on life, focus on your faith. Uh, It's a great program. We've got several kids in the program this year and we're expecting it to grow even more and more. Let me implore you as your pastor and your friend. Don't just throw your kids off into college right away. It will not kill them to slow down a bit and focus on other things. But they need a career and they need money. Yeah, 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 What they need most is to do life right. Somebody say amen. amen. It's a great way just to slow down uh, instead of throwing them off in such really usually a very hostile environment, particularly against people of faith. Uh, we can handle it, but better to take a year. Jesus said if you'll seek God first in your life. I'll make sure that all these other things will happen for you. So it's an opportunity to do life. Now, it's not a Bible college. We're not, there's, you know, we do get into the Bible with them to kind of shore up their faith. But it's about how to handle money. How to about, uh, you know, how to be a leader. Leadership qualities and stuff. Uh, I'll be meeting with these kids and going over relationships. How to date. How to deal with all that insanity. How you can make a good choice that doesn't turn out to be a disaster in your life. And lots of service opportunities. We put them just hands-on, where they're just looking uh, and we, uh, for opportunities to serve other people. And the last three months of the program, we send them overseas. They get to pick where, but we've got a handful of missionaries that we work with, where they go, and they will just be on the ground helping people in need. Now, we often send out groups. We're getting ready to send a group now to uh, Myanmar for you like a seven, 10 day trip. And those are wonderful. It's great life-changing. But they're a lot of fun, too. It's almost like a little bit of a vacation. <laughs> when you're over there for three months, it's not a vacation. All right? And you get a real reality. When you discover what it's like not to have a Starbucks on every corner, it can be a reality shaker for you. And get these kids, come back, and they know what it is to be in countries that don't have, where people struggle, where you really serve And come home changed people. Then send them off to their pursuits and whatnot. So uh, check it out. Got questions? Check with the church about how to become part of the T1 program. It's Transition 1. I got one little clarification, just a little thing. May not be a big deal, probably not. But I just finished a series of messages about fear and how you shouldn't be fear. I used uh, an analogy of taking what it is that is... That you need in your life. Maybe you need, you know, uh, you know, God to show up to help you with a job or finances or relationships or whatever this thing that's coming against you. Maybe it's a health challenge that you're facing. And I said, take those things and just, when you first encounter, just put them in a box. And don't focus on that. Focus on your fear. And a lot of people said, oh, I love Pastor Mark said, put our fear in a box. No, no, I said, put the fear in the box. Put what you need in a box. You'll get to it eventually. Deal with your fear. That's what I want you to do. Fear will suck the life out of you. Uh, I'm actually working on another message. Probably get to it not too soon from now. But uh, a message entitled, Don't Just Pray for People. (laughs) Sounds terrible. But it's actually good. It's about asking questions. Learning what people are actually going through. You'll be surprised when you start asking questions. What you will learn about people. And oftentimes they are just obsessed with fear. Oh, please pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. No, no, no. We'll pray for you, but it's not that you need your miracle. The first thing you need to pray is that fear will go away. Because fear will suck the life out of you. And fear is the opposite of faith. Hard to have faith when you're afraid. All right? The good thing as Christians, the worst thing that can happen to us, we die and go to heaven. (laughs) We went either way. This morning, I'm really decked out my Puerto Rican garb today, baby. I just got my Puerto Rican jacket. And the shoes, man. I look like I just stepped off the boat. Actually, I've got louder stuff than this. I got a white version of this that my German wife won't let me wear. I just... (laughs) One of these days, I'm going to do it. I'm going to look like I'm glowing. Whoa, what is that? But... uh, We'll get there. All right. This morning, I want to do a message for you entitled Ghost Goblins in God. It is the season of Halloween coming. And this time of year, people get very focused on and concerned about things of the devil and of demons and and the whatnot. I want to talk about this. This is not an exhaustive talk about this. It would take lots of talk. I don't want to do lots of talk about it. But if you have real serious questions, come talk to us. We'll be happy to help with you. But just in a general sense, Jesus said this in, in the Gospel of Luke. He said, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. He's not talking about literal snakes and scorpions. I see a snake, I'm running, all right? He says, snakes and scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. It's just pictures of, of demonic activity that we can trample and be successful over. And he says, nothing will harm you. Then we read, in, uh, again in Luke, an example of when Jesus encountered someone who was possessed of the devil. And I'm just going to read this one, but there's lots of them. And it's very typical what happens. It says, in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon and an impure spirit. And he cries out at the top of his voice, go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth Has you come to destroy us? I know who you are. Here it was. I assume it sounded like that. I don't it makes it more dramatic. And not only did they freak out when Jesus came along, and this was over and over, whenever he'd come in and there was someone who was actually possessed of the devil, they freaked, ah, because they knew who he was. But it wasn't just Jesus, also believers in Jesus started having the same experience. We read about Philip, one of the first deacons in the Bible. When the crowds heard that Philip, uh, heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said said, because with shrieks, ah, impure spirits came out of many. These things are scared to death of the life force that is in Jesus. James writes about this. He says, you believe there is one God. That's good. Even demons believe that and shudder. So the first thing I want to mention to you is that we know there is demonic activity in the world, but as people of faith, We don't have to be afraid of them. I promise you, they are scared to death of you. Light always conquers darkness. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's a beautiful thing. You can be in the darkest, darkest, darkest. You flash one little, flick your bick, man. Boom. Light breaks through that. Life is a powerful, powerful thing. They don't like it and they are afraid of it. Two, we know that the Bible speaks of people who are possessed of demons. Now, um, possession means that a spirit actually comes and takes over a person. Uh, you don't see that very often in Western culture, particularly where the gospel is preached more and we know a lot more truths. But you go to continents where it's very dark. People are into a lot, so all kinds of weird demonic-like things. And it's fairly common. People, you will see people who are being tormented. They can't control themselves. It is creepy, creepy scary stuff. Uh, Talk to someone who's done it. We've been in parts of the world like this. Pastor Joe, he's got some really creepy stories (laughs) of places where they went. And, And here's the thing about people who are, in fact, possessed of demons. It doesn't take a gift to recognize it. Okay? You don't need the discernment of spirits to see who has a demon. Everybody knew there was something wrong with these people. It wasn't just believers. Unbelievers all knew these people, there's something really wrong with them. And oftentimes they would admit there's something spiritually wrong. There's demonic control. Now, my guess is that kind of stuff still happens, uh, sadly, in our culture today. Most of these people, you never see them because they're instantly institutionalized. That's not to say everybody who's institutionalized is full of demons. But there are, if, in fact, it happens, these are people who are acting very bizarre and it's really creepy. And they, you know, take them off the streets and stuff like that. So you don't see it very often. But what I want to point out to you is just because you struggle with something doesn't mean that you're possessed of the devil. If you're having anger issues, you're not possessed with a demon of anger. If you have, you know, alcohol issues, you're not possessed with a demon of alcohol and all these different things. Why is this important to differentiate? Because... Oftentimes, if you come up with the wrong diagnosis, you'll give the wrong cure. And it doesn't work. Doctors know that this is one of the biggest challenges is to correctly diagnose something. If you have someone that's struggling with all kinds of weird things and you're like, so, well, well, they just need to cast the devil out of them. Well, you can have a big casting out devil party if you want, but it's not likely to change anything. In fact, I've rarely seen, I've never seen it personally change anything for anybody. These people who get the demons cast out of them for all their little problems tend to still have the problems. It just doesn't seem to go away, okay? Someone over here with a phone, never mind us. All right, so anyway. <laughs> if they call again, let me answer it. I'll talk to them. <laughs> what was I talking about? Okay, demons. So, that was probably a demon over there, making a noise. So, uh, just because, <laughs> no, I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> just because people are struggling, and a lot of times Christians are really, oh, my God, we got to cast the devil out. Or people will use it as an excuse for bad behavior. I couldn't help it. The devil made me do it. You guys remember Flip Wilson? The devil made me do it. I couldn't help it. The devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't do it. You did it. Control yourself for the love of God. All right? So a lot of people are really quick to pass this off, and they're trying to cast demons out of things. You don't need to cast demons out. And again, if someone is demon-possessed, I promise you, don't nobody need a revelation to find it out, because they are crazy people that act in very strange and creepy ways. All right? So the question is then, can there be demonic activity apart from being possessed? Remember, possession, it's a big deal when you're saying possession. Rare that it happens. But is there demonic activity? Of course there is. There's all kinds of ways that uh, evil shows up in people and and, uh, you know, and certainly you read about these crazy people doing all sorts of horrible things around the world. I promise you, these are people who are highly inspired by evil in spirits. A lot of them think they're doing God's will, and it's influenced by evil. Uh, people who do horrible things in this country and stuff, you know, there's no way. You say, how could someone even do that? We try to figure it out. But there's not an answer for some of these crazy people going around killing people and stuff like that. They're just influenced by, by, by darkness, And by evil, we believe in God and we know and acknowledge that there's also a dark side of that, that we call Satan. And it is very, very real. Uh, Paul writes about it. He says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It is very, very real. And sometimes there are people who will share some really creepy stories of strange things that happen as a result of what I would call demonic activity. Time would fail us to tell the stories of people who have encountered some very, very strange things. Um, A lot of times people don't share their stories because (laughs) we all think they're crazy, (laughs) which I understand. But man, if if you've been much around this, you will see and hear some very strange things. People have some real dramatic stories. It tends to come from people who are very new in their faith. Because they're coming out of a world of darkness and now they're starting to walk with God in their lives. Particular people who are like really heavily into drugs or really dark things and stuff. When they first come out of it, they tend to have some really weird things happen to them that you can't help but explain as demonic activity. I had people come up to me after the first service. Some of the people walking up, man, let me tell you what happened to me. I mean, you know, you don't tell anybody this stuff, but really creepy stuff. The answer isn't to go through your house and sprinkle holy water all over the place. All right, because then the demons just get burnt in spots. You know, it doesn't work that way. All right, It's, it's not about that, it's about standing as a Christian in your faith and resisting satanic activity in your life. James writes about this He says, Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, if you got bad stuff happen to you or weird stuff happen to you, you know, your answer to that. It's not to have some big exorcism ritual. Your answer is to stand in your faith and resist Satan in your life. Because if you resist, he will flee. Why? Because they don't like people of faith. They freak out. They're much more scared of the spirit of Jesus in you than we ever have to be of them. Now, specifically, the answer it's about standing in faith, and it's not about casting out demons or looking for the removal of demonic icons or cleansing of properties and stuff like that. People really get caught up in it. Why are you having demon problems? You know, probably because you have an old Teletubby in your house, and those, and those are demonic icons and stuff like that. No, they're not, you know. People come up with all these crazy things. Man, I remember, I remember Christians having a fit, you know, about uh, all those little blue things. Smurfs. Smurfs through demons. If you got a Smurf in your house, the devil's going to come into your house and Smurf you good. These people are crazy. It's not because of things. You know, it's not because you have an owl. I've talked to some lady after the service. I was raised, my mother never let, put us a picture of an owl on our shirts, you know, because it's a demonic, you know. It's all for heaven's sakes. It's just a stupid owl. All right? You're putting a, <laughs> a garden gnome in your yard <laughs> it's not the devil, all right? Just a stupid garden gnome. So oh, you can't have this, and you can't have pumpkin. Everybody's freaking out. Oh, there's pumpkins. Oh, there's pumpkins everywhere. What's it mean? It means it's fall. That's all it means. It don't mean jack. People are afraid of unicorns and ghosts and all this. it stop. That stuff is not your problem. We don't have to worry about things like that. Jeremiah writes about this. He says... Like a scarecrow, scarecrow in a cucumber field, which I've never seen, but apparently they did that. A scarecrow in a cucumber field, their idols cannot speak. That's funny. See, he wasn't even afraid of scarecrows. Idols can't speak. They got to be carried because they can't walk. He says, do not fear them. They can do no harm. They can't do jack these things. Everybody say jack. jack. You can't do jack. They can't do anything. The only way your unicorn can go from your cupboard to another place is if you carry it. All right? The only way a pumpkin gets in your front yard is you carry the pumpkin. There's no life in those things, for heaven's sakes. It says we do not have to fear them. Do, and it doesn't say you don't have to. He says do not fear them. It's very clear. It's a command. Don't fear this stuff. They can't do jack. Don't be afraid of things. For heaven's sakes, if you start really growing in your faith and get this, you just start to relax. I don't understand Christians who get scared about stuff. It's like they just don't get it. Don't be afraid of things. The Bible says, Greater is he that is in us than any spirit that is in the world. That's why we can walk tall and smile and be full of joy. Because we have the light of Christ in us, the love of God in us. Not afraid of some stupid demons. So, yeah. So there's this guy, he's like in the 1900s, early 1900s. He was an old-time uh, preacher. I think he was a Pentecostal preacher or something like that. But he was this really intense guy by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. <laughs> what a name. All right. So Mr. Wigglesworth was like, really, he was a fiery preacher. And he went everywhere and, you know, preaching and, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. But he was, he was lit up, man. He was just really full of God in his life. And he's writing in, in his, one of his diaries or something. He tells this story. He's in his house. And all of a sudden, in the attic, he hears all this clanging and banging, all this weird stuff going on. So I go, why does that? So he's got to climb up. And he he opens it, and there is an an incantation or or a a visual of Satan. He's like, I could see Satan sitting on a chair in my attic. Now, a lot of us would all went, Ah! I got to admit, I opened the door There's the devil. I'm going to freak out. I will. I will. You know. I just, you know, you just jump out and go, boo, I'm going to freak out. But I love Smig- Wigglesworth. What he does, he wrote, he says, I looked at you and I saw Satan sitting there. And he says, Ah, oh, it's just you. And he went back downstairs. How cool is that? This guy's not afraid of stuff. What an insult, too. <laughs> That's just you. Go away. Don't not be afraid of things and afraid of people and hide, for heaven's sakes. I've shared this story before, but I only have so many stories to share, so I'll be sharing these stories when I'm 87. But some time ago, we were in Dallas, Texas, and we we're at this big conference. And there's all kinds of people. There were Christian people. There are secular people, all kinds of people. We're hanging out at this conference, and I was there to do one of my marriage things, you know, talks. And uh, so this lady comes up to me. Really nice lady. She just blah, 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 blah. We're talking back and forth, blah, 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 blah. And then she's just having a great time at this conference. And I said, So, so what do you do? She goes, I'm a witch. And instantly I went, Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Like she's never heard that before, you know what I'm saying? But no, she's a full blown witch, wicked witch, up to her eyeballs, and she's up the hierarchy of this whole deal. And we're just in there talking. She says, what do you do? I say, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and we're talking, blah, 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 blah. And then she says, oh, this is so cool. She says, I said, you, you guys want to do dinner with us tonight? And I said, sure. So we set it all up, and they left. And I turned to my guy and said, hey, we're having dinner with a witch. <laughs> and they said, really? I said, oh, yeah, it's going to be a blast. Yeah. So we go. We get to this place, and there's the witch with all her witchlets. And we're all hanging out. <laughs> what do you call them? I don't know what you call them. <laughs> so hanging with the witch and the listens. So we're there, and we're eating our food and just laughing and having a great time. And and the main witch, she just keeps looking at me. And and finally she says to me, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. She says, you say you're a pastor. I said, yeah. She says, well, are you one of these real liberal open-minded pastors or one of these real conservative Bible-believing pastors? I said, oh, I'm one of the conservative Bible-believing pastors. And she goes, then why are you talking to me? I said, What do you mean? She says, I've never met a devout Christian who wasn't mean to me. I said, Oh, sweetie, they're just overreacting to stuff. It's okay, you know. Just start to share with her about the love of God and stuff. I said, Why don't you come listen to me talk tomorrow? So, sure enough, I'm out there doing my thing, and there is the witch. And I'm doing my thing, and the witches listens. When I get done, she runs up to me. She has tears in her eyes. She grabs me and says, You make me want to become a Christian! <laughs> and she ran away. <laughs> That's the last time I saw her. I don't know if she went, I don't know if she flew away in her broom or what the day was. Don't but... yeah, be afraid of people. Now, if she said, Come over to my house so we can do witchy things, I would pass on that. All right, inconsistent with my faith. I get that, but you have to be freaking out. We don't have to be afraid of people. Good grief. Jeremiah said, don't be afraid of them. They can't do jack. We don't need to fear things, icons, even special days like Ooh, Halloween. All right? Even things that are literally touched by demonic activity, we don't have to be afraid of. Because it can't do Jack. Now, we read about this in 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul. Now, the history behind this, you need to come out on Wednesday night to the Wednesday night Bible study. Because this is when we really get in the Bible. Me, I'm just blathering for, you know, 20 minutes on Sunday morning. You want to really get in the Bible, come on Wednesday nights. And I'm looking at all y'all, because most of y'all don't come. All you sinners out there, all right? Come on Wednesday nights. It won't kill you. I promise you, you won't get too much of God. I'm going to get too much. I might explode. All right? But we're looking at the Bible. and We're looking at the history of Christianity. One of the big things in Christianity, it was the major thing in the New Testament, was the fact that non-Jews could become Christians. In the beginning... All Christians were Jews. They didn't even think you could be a Christian if you weren't Jewish. And even if you were someone who wasn't Jewish, their idea is that you had to become a Jew first, convert to Judaism, and then you could become a Christian. That was major. All the apostles were Jewish people. Jesus was Jewish. His mama was Jewish. They're all Jewish people. And then all of a sudden, all the rest of us come along. And they were freaking out. What are we going to do with these people? And so they had, they had big arguments about it. And finally, the church made a decision. No, they don't have to become Jews. And they don't have to, you know, uh, you know, obey all the rules of the Old Testament. And the men don't have to be circumcised. Praise the Lord. It's hard enough to get guys to come to church. <laughs> we won't go there. All right, so anyway... So, but they did say one thing from the Old Testament. Actually, two, one is, you know, don't fornicate, you know, behave yourself. And one of the other big ones was, don't eat food offered to idols. Because there were very big cultures. We don't see much of that today because there's not much idol, idol worship going on in the world today. Some countries there are. But uh, um, where they would get together and they would take an animal and they would kill the animal as part of some ritualistic thing to these demigods and demons and stuff like that. And after they went through the service, I mean, we're talking serious demonic activity, then they would take the food and they would put it in the marketplace and people could buy it and eat it. And what they said is, look, don't eat that stuff, okay? Now, Paul here is being a little naughty, I gotta tell you, because he firmly believed that none of it meant anything. Because like Jeremiah said, it don't mean jack. So Paul's answer to this rule of don't eat food offered to idols. And boy, you think Halloween's a big deal. This is serious stuff. This is serious stuff. You're talking about pumpkins and (laughs) teletubbies and whatever. This this is serious stuff in these services and the food is right there. and It's been through all this stuff. Paul's answer, check it out, in 1 Corinthians 10th chapter. He writes to the church and says, "Uh, listen. Put it up on the screen. Chop chop. There we go. All right. <laughs> and leave it there for a second. Tell it down to read. Okay. Eat anything sold in the meat market without asking questions. <gasps> Paul, you naughty boy. He says, eat anything. You don't got to ask questions about it. For the earth is the Lord's, everything in it. Then he says, Well, if an unbeliever invites you into their house for a meal, you want to go, you want to eat with a With a witch, you go with all the witchlets and eat whatever is put before you without asking questions of conscience. But now if someone says to you, hey, look, this has been offered in a sacrifice with all the heebie-jeebie stuff. They say, "Okay, then don't eat it, both for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. Now, I'm referring to the other person's conscience, not yours. He says, why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? He says, it doesn't matter because he knew what Jeremiah said. It don't mean jack. And he says, and if I take part in a meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced for something that I thank God for? It doesn't matter. His solution to all this, don't even ask. You don't need to figure out where it came from, where it came from. Now, what really fries my Puerto Rican pancakes, which which, I don't even know what that means, is... All these Christians right now on Facebook and on Christian radio and all this stuff. And the Bible says don't even ask questions where does stuff come from. You know what these people are obsessed with? Tell you where it all came from. Let me tell you where it came from. All right. Halloween came from a bunch of people dancing around naked, howling at the moon while slaying goats. And that's where Halloween comes from, you know. Or or you can't have a Christmas tree, because Christmas trees really are a sign of some demonic thing. Or you can't have eggs on on Easter. You've heard of these people. Some of you are these people. For heaven's sakes, stop it. Well, that's where it comes from. I don't care. Zip it, is what Paul says. You don't need to tell anybody where it comes from, because it don't mean jack. That stuff doesn't have any power over me. I'm free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Pastors all round up today. <laughs> Christians are not subject to evil days, icons, or other superstitions. Jesus gave his followers all power over the enemy. Now, the scripture does say we should avoid all appearance of evil. I get that, but that's in all kinds of ways you can get a pie with appearance of evil. But a little girl dressed up as Elsa from Frozen going to her neighbors to get candy is not participating in evil. However, singing let it go, let it go 5,000 times before breakfast is probably evil. (laughs) Let it go, let it go. Would you just follow the words and let it go? Quit singing that song. (laughs) Now, for many cultures, even Christian-based cultures, they always had a day of Halloween or the day of the dead or something like that and said, well, pastor, they're talking about dead. You know, that's a good thing. It's a good reminder once a year. Y'all going to die. That's a cheery thought. People don't like it. Oh, I'm afraid of dying. Really? Let me talk to you about Jesus. Why you don't need to be afraid of dying. Because Christians, confident Christians, do not fear death. It is the next step. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Halloween, despite all its hype. Now, I will concede this. If you were raised all of your life that it's evil, 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 and your conscience is screaming at you that it's evil, 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 then by all means, do not participate Shut off your lights. Sit around. I was going to say a campfire, but you can't do that in your house. But uh, (laughs) start a campfire in your house. (laughs) Or do whatever you got, and you just want to pray on Halloween. Then fine. We'll cut you slack. What I am saying is mind your own business and don't be dumping on other people. It is not your obligation to go telling everybody where it came from. When in fact, Paul said you could take meat offered to a demon. Don't ask where it came from. Why? Because that stuff don't mean, Jack. <laughs> so Halloween, despite all the hype, is not a threat to the church, nor to those who trick-or-treat give themselves over to the devil. I'll tell you why. It is a threat to the church. You worried about threats to the church? Women who gossip. Whew. Oh, now he's preaching. That's just... Quit preaching, gone to meddling now. Men who look at Porn. People who fornicate, commit adultery, cheat on their spouses, people who lie, greedy people, rebellious, treating people nastily, disrespectfully, refusing to give any money to the church, not loving your wife, not serving others, the list goes on and on. These are the things that are dangerous to our faith. Never, ever, anywhere does the New Testament condemn putting on costumes and asking your neighbors for candy. My only complaint is that it's once a year. why don't we do this more often? (laughs) It is not a threat to the church. And for the record, Satan does not have a special day. He destroys people's lives every day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. We thank you that in you, we are more than conquerors, that greater is the spirit of Christ that is in us than he that is in the world. And for people who don't know you, Lord, we pray that they would come to a place where they could surrender their life to you and live a life without fear, because perfect love casts out all fear. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you.